Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, and I'm glad you could join me again today talking this week about the amazing salvific work of Jesus and the reality of who he is in his status at the right hand of the Father in majesty and glory, what he's done for us, what we can long for, what we're meant to hope in and walk in, the ability, friends, to live out faith, you know, faith, hope, and love, these foundation stones of our faith, as we have to keep going deeper and deeper into these realities, and that is deeper and deeper into the life of the Holy Spirit by abiding and walking with the Holy Spirit and allowing the full implications of what Jesus has done for us to unfold in our lives. The awareness of who he is in his fullness, the awareness of who we are now in sharing in his fullness. These are things that we can live a whole life and never really lay hold of. And just kind of go through the motions as Catholics and fulfill duties. Christianity is like duty-based reality. It's not passion for Jesus-based. It's not full wholeness and movement in the Holy Spirit. It's like fulfilling rules. And moral striving is kind of the essence of it for a lot of people. And that's really a truncated, limited, impoverished understanding of the faith. And as a result, it often leaves people saying, you know, it's boring and it's drudgery and I don't really know much about it and honestly doesn't make that much difference in my life. I know I'm just supposed to do it. Those kinds of attitudes, because you're not living in the dynamism of the Holy Spirit which is really producing in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and changing us. A healthy Christian life is one that's being transformed, you know, coming out of a life of habit patterns of sin and the grooves that we've dug in our lives that we're sort of trapped in. We come out of a certain level of enslavement to freedom, and it's real joy. It's it's real faith. It's it's dynamic. And so it's important for us to meditate on these things, to think about them, to talk about them, to declare what God has done. I was just talking to a group of men last night at a parish nearby in uh, taking a lead from uh, Psalm 145. Read that beautiful psalm. It talks so much about, you know, declaring the works of the Lord, you know, magnifying the Lord, blessing the Lord you know, meditating on his goodness and all that. And this is what we should do, friends. We should take up these fundamental truths and make room in our lives where we're silent and we're alone with the Lord. Every day we should do some of that and then walk out the day in conversation with God. Say, Holy Spirit, help me see this. As you meditate on the truths we've been talking about. And then when you meditate on them and the Holy Spirit helps open them up, it fills the heart. And it, it really does. It the joy of the Lord begins to come upon us. And then we can bless the Lord. Say, Lord, thank you. A lot of people don't know what they have to thank God for. It's like, just so aware of, quote unquote, their miserable lives. You know, the finances aren't working out. I'm sick all the time. You know, I didn't I didn't get what so many people got. I got I was born into the wrong family or had the wrong dad, live in the wrong neighborhood. I've been gypped every day. And, you know, whatever it is, there's so much of that that can go on that just preoccupies us and it comes out of our mouth. Instead of what should come out of the mouth of a Christian, that's why, you know, rejoice in all things, St. Paul said, rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in all circumstances. You say, yeah, yeah, how about being real? Get real, Paul. You know, like rejoice always. There's a lot of things that around in my life that aren't worth rejoicing about, okay? 
Well, that's because we're stuck in the limited horizon of a fallen world. And we're not aware of what he's doing in us. And the reason we're not aware of what he's doing in us is because we haven't taken the time to go deep. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added to you. Are we doing that? Okay, I want to continue now on uh, the last section here. We've been looking at you know terms that Paul has used, talking about the realities of who Jesus is. And I won't go through them all, but I encourage you to go to the website at renewalministries.net. These programs have been good this week, and I think you enjoy them. Download them on, you know, you can get the Renewal Ministries app, actually, is the best way to do it. You can access what we're doing and then pass it on to other people. Let's get the word out there. And if these shows have blessed you, join me. Join the mission, so to speak, and spread the word, spread the good news. So uh, another question that's answered by Paul really is who's who raised Jesus? Who raised Jesus from the dead? We're celebrating this week of his resurrection, his ascension into glory at the right hand of the Father, and his status as Lord of all and eschaton and these kinds of things. So First Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul said, Jesus died and he rose again. And he says again and again in Galatians and Corinthians and Romans, God the Father raised him from the dead. We killed him, God raised him. God the Father. He says, by the power of God he is alive, Second Corinthians thirteen four. by the power of God, the power of the Father's glory. The Greek word is doxa. Romans 6, Philippians 2, therefore God has highly exalted him, giving him the name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So the Father, through his majesty and glory and infinite power and beauty and majesty, exalts Jesus. Remember, he... Philippians 2 says he emptied himself, catabasis. I think that's, if I remember that correctly, was a term, and I think raising is the anabasis. But anyway, so he was emptied himself on the cross, humbled himself, becoming a servant. He expressed humility, which God the Father loves through obedience, and he radically trusted the Father in everything. This is the path you and I are, are meant to be on. Things aren't working. Maybe some days we're struggling. It's difficult. All the the, the Bummer realities of a fallen world, sickness, unexpected troubles and happenings and economic collapses and political disruptions and COVIDs and things like this that get in the way of having the kind of cruise control life we'd like to have. But Jesus entered this world. He emptied himself and took on the form of a servant. He humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death. And for that, God raised him up. God exalts Jesus with his glory, and he clothes the Lord in glory. And remember, we've been saying all the week, why is this so important? Because we too, this life, what's what's the Paul's great line that, that this present life is minor affliction, a momentary affliction that's leading to an eternal weight of glory beyond all compare. St. Peter said, we're going to participate in the glory of God, the divine, the very divine nature. We're going to participate in the life of God. So Paul saw resurrection and ascension as a single phase of Jesus' glorious exaltation as Lord. His triumph and victory ascent over death and the spiritual rulers of the world. He disarmed the principalities and powers. Wow, the victory of the Lord is so beautiful. Impact on those who have faith in him. What impact does this action that we're describing how does it affect us? Well, it begins with a new relationship. 
We're baptized into what Christ has done and we become children of God. And he becomes my Lord. He's our Lord. He's also our friend. He's our brother. He's our God. He was Romans 1, 4. He was designated by the Father as Son of God in power according to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of holiness. Designated Son of God in power. I love that. Right? And the Holy Spirit is there. It's a Trinitarian act, this whole work of salvation. The glory that Jesus received from the Father became his power. A power to create new life in those who believe in him. That's a really great insight. It's a well-articulated truth by Father Fitzmaier. The glory that he received from the Father became his power. Jesus is now clothed in glory. He reigns in glory. He's the King of glory. And he bestows glory on all those who humble themselves and receive the offering of the Father. He's doing it because the Father sent forth the Son into the world to bring about salvation. He became at the resurrection the last Adam, the first being of the eschaton, this final age of history. The first Adam became a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And then what else does it do to us? We become life-giving. The life-giving spirit lays hold of our life and we become children of God. And we say, it's no longer I who live, Galatians 2.20, but Christ who lives in me. This is what life's all about. This is the normal Christian life. That we wake up, we go to bed at night, you know, through the battles of the day and everything else, we say, you know what? Christ dwells in me. It's no longer I who am the center of all reality, but Christ is in me and he's made me a new creation. As a life-giving spirit, Jesus brings about the justification of believers, putting us in right relationship with God the Father and saves us from the wrath on the day of the Lord. He's coming again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And friends, the wrath of God, I should do a whole week on the wrath of God sometime because it is true and it's going to happen and it's very sobering and it should wake us up. And it's really something that's part of the whole revelation of the Lord. And Paul says to know Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection, that's part of what it means to be to be consciously living out and seeking to understand and possess what God has given. Paul realized that the Lord is possessed of a power derived from the Father making it capable of bringing about the resurrection of Christians. This is what's happening. You know, the Lord is the Spirit, and with the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom, St. Paul said. He's the life-giving principle, the dynamic, the vital center of what it means to be a Christian. Jesus communicates that to us. Finally, let's just say quickly, what's the... St. Paul says the Spirit essentially is the energizer, the Spirit of power, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. What does he bring? Well, he, the Holy Spirit's the source of faith, hope, and love that we're given, these foundational realities of the Christian life. He frees human beings from the law because the law in and of itself condemns us. The law is a teacher, but all, the law is also like a spotlight that shines on us and exposes the reality of our conniving with sin and becoming enemies of God. So the law judges us. It literally condemns us on its own. That's why we need the new law of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also helps us overcome the cravings of the flesh, that thing in me that says, my will be done, not God's will be done. Me, me, me. The self-exaltation. The Holy Spirit helps us overcome immoral conduct. You know, the habit patterns of sin. There's vice lists in the New Testament, in Galatians and Corinthians and other places that 
kind of list, it's not exhaustive, but touches on the sins that many of us wrestle with in different ways. But the Holy Spirit, over time, if we're serious about this and we're praying daily, receiving the sacraments, engaging the mission of the church, abiding in the Lord, loving God, loving our neighbor, imperfectly, but trusting in God and just keep coming, keep going deeper in the Lord. Before you know it, he changes us. He makes us saints. And the Holy Spirit is the one that constitutes us as sons and daughters of God. The Holy Spirit assists us in prayer. He teaches us how to pray. The Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, Paul tells us, and cries out, Abba, Father. So the Holy Spirit reveals the lordship and majesty of Jesus. The Holy Spirit reveals God as our Father. We're not competing with God. God's not our enemy. God's not angry with us. God's our Father. God is our Father. I want to, I think I'm going to talk about that next week. God is our Father as a theme to go much deeper in, friends, because the Holy Spirit wants to tenderize our hearts and help us overcome our slavish fears and our mistrust and the misconceptions because the, the fundamental settling of the heart and sense of absolutely beautiful, you know, our value, our dignity, our peace, it comes from Jesus bringing us to the Father and us being able to see the Father and experience the Father's love. The Holy Spirit also pours out charismatic gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit that enable us, that equip us to do the works of God, to join Jesus in the Great Commission and building up the church in many ways. So, friends, I hope this week blessed you. I think it was a very good week. I felt inspired by the Lord. If it did touch your life, I encourage you to pass the word on to others. Bring them to the program. Tell them how they can connect with it. And let's help build people up in the Lord. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.